So our scripture today asks the question, in one way or another, what does it mean to be an Easter people? What does it mean to be a people who believe in triumph of life over death, hate, love over hate, resurrection over crucifixion? What does it mean as a people of faith to be an Easter people? And there are a couple of very particular answers in our scripture today. Jesus, in this chapter John, is actually uh, in the second half of the Last Supper. He is talking to his disciples, and he is preparing them for when he's going to be away. Everyone is there. The twelve are there, except for Judas, who has already left. And so he's telling them, in words that they can understand, a parable that sounds kind of scary to us, but to them it was comforting because they had a little bit more intimate knowledge than many of us have about what it takes for a whole garden to be um, uh, healthy. And it takes pruning and it takes cleansing. And so when Jesus was talking about that, did you see my quick move there? That was good. And when Jesus was talking about that, he was talking in words and parables and metaphor that were familiar to his people. And he did that often. He, he referred to himself, he self-identified in things that are from everyday life. Bread, light, back then, you know, a shepherd, a door. He referred to himself as a door the way, the truth, and the life. And so when he talks about this vineyard and you know, God is the gardener, Christ is the vine, um, the branches are the people of God, and the people who will be okay even when he is crucified, dies, resurrects, and ascends. So he's saying that to be an Easter people, we are to be people, a people that, a, a couple of particular characteristics. One is we're interdependent. We're interdependent with each other, like a garden. Well, his, his, his example, of course, was the vine. So like a, a vineyard, if you just let everything grow, nothing grows well. And so it needs to be tended to. It needs to be tended to. Some healthy branches are cut back. Some dead branches are cut off. So that the fruit that will nourish the community is able to grow as healthy as possible. So the community of Christ and Easter people is a people that know themselves to be interdependent, a people of mutual respect but also, and maybe most particularly, a people who sacrifice out of love, for love. They don't mind being pruned. Jesus didn't mind losing some branches in order to grow. So it's not a, it's not a scary metaphor like it sounds in our mind now. It's just it's an everyday metaphor about tending to each other for the good of the whole. So an Easter people are people that tend to each other 
and tend to the community for the good of the whole, not just for their own flourishing. That's good news. That's good news. It's a good reminder. In the, the lesson from Acts, the lesson from Acts, we get this amazing story of when two people meet, two incredibly different people that meet up in the wilderness, on a wilderness road, it says. The first, Philip, is hustling for the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit tells him to go, and he goes. He leaves his friends behind. They're, they have a mission in mind, but he hears the Holy Spirit, and he goes to a place he's never been before, to this wilderness road between Jerusalem and Ethiopia, which is not the, exactly the Ethiopia of today, but is parts of northern Africa. And on that road, he's told specifically where to go again, and hurry, hurry, hurry. If you read the scripture, he's, the, the Holy Spirit is telling him to move it, <laughs> to move it, to get into relationship and conversation with a person that he would never get into relationship or conversation with if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. And that person is the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, this man was a wealthy man. He was riding in a chariot. He had his own driver to take him back and forth from the royal courts where he served as treasurer to Jerusalem where he went to see a little bit, learn a little bit more about scripture and about the assembly of God. Now the eunuch was considered a God-fearer. And this is a category, sort of an in-between category, when for certain reasons you were excluded from full assembly in the assembly of God, but were very committed to the, the worship of the God of Israel. Okay? But the eunuch was excluded because in Deuteronomy, it says that eunuchs are excluded from the assembly. So he was in this category of connected but outcast on the margins. So he had gone to watch from a distance and then he was returning home and he was reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Now this also meant that he was well educated because he was reading the, the scrolls back then were written in Greek. He was reading in Greek and he was again emphasizing his, he was wealthy because not everybody had a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he was reading the part of the prophet Isaiah which is probably the saddest part of the servant songs of the prophet Isaiah about one who was shorn. And the Ethiopian eunuch could maybe identify with that. 
because eunuchs were often neutered before puberty in order to be safe to serve the women of the royal court. And though he had a place of privilege in many ways, he was also scorned by many because of his biological status. Made fun of, derided, as not manly enough. Bullied, despite his education and his wealth. And he was looking for some answers. There were three questions. And before I get to those three questions, I just want to say that Easter people are people that bring good news to folks on the margins of the dominant society, that bring a word of inclusion to those who may be derided, even though they're perfectly fine, who may be othered because people are ignorant. So, the three questions that the Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip were these. How can I understand the scripture unless someone guides me? And he asked that questions because of what I just mentioned. It says one thing in Deuteronomy, it says something else in Isaiah. It says all are included in one place, but all in the Hebrew scripture. The Bible can often contradict itself. That is just the truth, people. Read the Bible. There are many examples. So I love what Tom Long says when we're talking about scripture, scripture being argued either way. And he said that the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, needed someone who not only knows Scripture, but knows the God of Scripture. He needs someone to teach him who has felt the embrace of God, who can read the cold ink on the page in the warm light of God's Spirit. I love that. Who can read the cold ink on the page in the warm light of God's Spirit. To interpret, to interpret a word of good news, a word of liberation, the balance of God's love and compassion and salvation, which outweighs whatever laws are written. So I want to say something else before I go to the last two questions. We have gotten to a point these days where, for good reason, it is so hard to come together. The pandemic, scams, all kinds of things that are happening. We had a community meeting recently in my neighborhood about one of those um, scams that are happening to people who might live just one or two uh, and, and these thieves are monitoring the homes and they'll go in and they'll say that they are uh, a utility worker. They'll knock on the front door and they'll say, you know, please open your gate behind back and, and um, I need to cut some tree branches and 
They'll show some kind of ID real quick and the person will meet them in the back. And then while they're in the back, somebody goes in and robs them from the front. And it happened a couple of times in our neighborhood, scary, um, a violation. But in this meeting, a woman got up, a young woman, and she said, that is why I never open the door to a stranger, and that is why I will never open the door to a stranger. And please don't take me as saying that I want you to fall prey to a scam, because that is not the case. But my blood ran a little cold when I heard that. As the scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. And if we hide ourselves and never leave the upper rooms that we're hiding in, how can we be people of community? We have been very, very conservative in taking precautions here at Trinity about getting back together. But the thought of never entering into a conversation with someone you don't know or someone who's different from you is just not what an Easter people do. Not what an Easter people do. So take precautions, but don't say you're never going to talk to someone who you don't know. Philip talked to somebody who he didn't know. The Ethiopian eunuch opened the door of his carriage, invited Philip in, and, be, and he became, the Ethiopian eunuch became one of the most fruitful converts bringing Christianity to Ethiopia or that region thereof which has had um, huge impact for millennia. If we don't talk to each other, if we're too scared to talk to each other because of bad things that happen or we don't know who's at the door, then we really are going to wither on the vine. And Easter people are an inclusive people. So the second question that the Ethiopian eunuch asks Philip about the scripture is, about whom does the prophet say this? Go, go, go back and read the, 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 the scripture, please. I beg of you, go back and, and Google the Ethiopian unit and go get into the, the weeds. It's so fascinating. Read uh, the Reverend Will Gaffney's take on this. Read several people's takes on this. And, and, and he wants to know if this scripture is about just in the past or does it apply to him today? And will it apply to people in the future? And Philip says, listen, I know Jesus. And Jesus is talking to you today. He's saying that you are a beloved child of God, that you are fully human, even though your biology has been altered. We need to hear that word today in Texas. 
We need to hear that word today in Texas. There are about 20 bills that are bills, I call them pure bullying against transgender youth. Pure bullying. Trying to keep people from playing on the wrong teams. Trying to keep people from having procedures that the American Association of Pediatrics say saves lives by allowing people to become who they truly are. One of the representatives asked the author of one of the bills, he says, well, is there one case of a problem of a transgender athlete on another team? Has there been one case? And he had to admit that no, there wasn't. There wasn't a problem. This is a bill to bully. So the other Look, did you know that 42% of trans uh, youth have attempted suicide? So what's the real problem? Who needs support and not more ostracization? About whom does the prophet say these words of acceptance? The eunuch asks, and Philip says, and we should say today, about you, about you. You are beloved. So the third and last question was, so is there, let me see, I gotta I write, write it down because I'm third time, wanna make sure I say it right. What is to prevent me from being baptized, he asks. And in fact, there are a lot of things back then that might have prevented him. But Philip brings the good news of identity and love and inclusion. The identity of an Easter people that will say to him, there is nothing to exclude you from the assembly. And so he goes, well, there's some water, and they get down right to the baptism. Perfect love casts out fear. Christ calls us to be an Easter people, a community of interdependence, of mutual respect that reaches out to those who make us nervous or we don't understand, that protects those who are being bullied, that sacrifices in love for love. 